0: Hey, ladies and boomers, it's The Little Boomer. Coming to you for our sponsors, High Bank Distillery. Some of the best spirits not only in the city, not only the state, but across the entire country. Award-winning spirits. Sign up to get on their newsletter through their website. They'll send you notifications when new items are coming out so you can get them before everyone else. Two locations in Grandview across from the Grandview Yard or the new location up in New Albany, Gahanna. And if your thing's more going to a game, check out SeatGeek. Everybody knows SeatGeek. You know you got the app on your phone. Use our code CBJA, CBJA, as in artillery, and get you $20 off your first purchase. If you got two emails, get you $20 off your second purchase. If you create a third one, get you $20 off your third one. I'm not telling you to do that. Actually, I'm telling you not to do that. I am also telling you it works.
1: Fully endorse it. Go ahead and make six emails.
0: Exactly. Then, if you got some free time and you want to travel on over to Parlay Sporting Club and Kitchen, the new Parlay at 570 North High Street, just in the south end of the short north or right around the corner from the arena district, totally within walking distance of the arena, check out over 100 TVs and a fully stocked bar and kitchen for all your sporting needs and live betting coming January 1st. So check out Parlay.
1: Shut up and sit down.
0: Ladies and boomers, welcome into another episode of And Boomer. Bucket, you here? Kyle? Kyle? Bueller? Bueller? That's right. We got another episode of and Boomer with no Bucket. We are Bucketless and Boomer. I know if you came here for Bucket Hat, Kyle, you're going to be disappointed. But on the bright side, not only do you get little Boomer, you get my other partner in crime at Big Booner CBJ, Zach, formerly known as Boon at Bulls and futurely known as Dante Robinson. How you doing, Dante?
1: I am not, Kyle. Kind of hungry.
0: Uh, hanging out. Uh,
1: couldn't get the other person on here, so uh, it's just going to be me and you tonight.
0: Yeah, everybody seems to be working overtime. I mean, I worked over today myself, but I, I got home about 530 because I went in a little bit earlier. What's your schedule looking like these days with the holidays coming up?
1: Uh, working six thirty to usually about four. Uh, I get a week and a half off of work, but I'm still working for double time that entire time.
0: So, I like double time. Double time, some of my favorite time. So let's just uh, let's just jump in here. Let's get the let's get the bad news out of the way early. Why don't we? Uh, just get this little four-game recap because there's been four games since the last time we were here, and uh, we scored a total of four goals during those four games.
1: <laughs> oh
0: fuck! What, what what are you feeling? What are your feelings with these with the offensive production right now?
1: Um, it's little to nothing at most. I mean, we had that six-five game against the Kings, and it's all been downhill from there. Uh oh.
0: We, and we shot our Yeah, it's not an exaggeration. It was 6 5, and then it was 0, 1, 2, 1. We didn't get shut out by Boston this time, though. No, no. I don't even remember how we got the second goal, to be honest with you. That's how long ago that one was with that 1 p.m. start. I hate weekend games at 1 p.m., I just absolutely despise them.
1: So, while we're talking about shutouts, you want to go ahead and get into this first game?
0: Yeah, might as well do it. So, let's jump into the first game, which would have been, what, Tuesday? The, uh, yep. the Blue Jackets started their little three-game road trip with a trip to see an old friend of ours, Sergio Bubtitsky. So, we know how that one went. Zero, four. Bob finally showed up to play his old team. Now, hats off to Bob. Bob had an actually really good game. I'm not gonna lie, he he played a really good game. I mean, we only put 22 shots on goal, but they were there were some high difficult ones, and he made some really good saves. I mean, he, he looked he almost looked like the old Bob That five holes. Finally, closed up for a change.
1: Yep, five pass Bob. It uh, so, was not the case this time.
0: Now, in that game, I mean, Brandon Montour got the scoring started in the first period about halfway through the period. And then old Matthew Tachucki e. Cheese decided he was going to get one the, to start the second period. And then Mr. Barkov scores right before the period ends with 44 seconds left to make it 3 0 going into the third. And then they held him off pretty good in the third. And eventually, Sam Reinhart got an empty netter with about a minute 45 to go. And uh, <clears throat> remember watching that game, but it's like just one of those forgettable games. I, I mean, it's it's been a week, and I really don't remember anything other than we couldn't get a shot past Bob. Do, do you remember anything about that game? It, it's been a drink-to-forget season as a whole.
1: That's uh. definitely one way to explain the season. But, no, we just couldn't generate anything on either end of the ice. Couldn't keep it out of our end. Got picked off the neutral zone constantly. Just could not play.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just – they they took it to us and there wasn't nothing we could do about it. I mean, it just – it was ugly. I mean, once again, we go 0 for 3 on the power play. and But we did hold them to 0 for 3 on the power play. But – uh That game just – I don't know. It didn't even feel like it got out of hand. It just felt like it got away. No, it was – I mean, shots on goal were 26 to 22. Yeah, and it it didn't – at any point, it didn't feel like they were just, you know, dominating us or beating the crap out of us. It just felt like a 15-second lack of, you know, effort here cost us a goal. Uh, One bonehead play there cost us a goal. Next thing you know – we're fighting from behind. Like it seems to be the current story these days. And it just, next like, thing so you know, it's over.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing we led the game in was hits. Um, and I, I mean, we crushed them there. We were really, leading hits 23 to 15. We're finally starting to play that aggressive brand of hockey. We let in
0: giveaways.
1: He, yeah. That's <laughs> 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 and takeaways and takeaways, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it, you just got to be able to put a little bit of offense with that aggressive game.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That one's just one of those ones where it's like, it's over. Let's move on to the next one. So, speaking of moving on to the next one, we had a game Thursday, December 15th. You may have to fill me in on this one because, if I remember right, that was my birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, and we had a little party at our bar and – I only had four beers. Uh, how many mini beers? I only had four beers. That's the same thing I told my wife when she asked me. I only had four beers.
1: Yeah, you only drank four beers. You were right. definitely okay the entire time. I
0: may have had 11 mini beers. But, you know, I'm a big boy.
1: That's hearsay. <laughs>
0: But anyway, jumping into the Tampa game, that one, um, remember what I predicted when we walked in our bar? Uh, all I remember was you yelling Tampa in three. No, that was not what I said. <laughs> I said, it's my fucking birthday. The Blue Jackets always lose on my birthday, four to one. Oh, yep. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Nah, we're not losing four to one. We play good against Tampa. Well, you tell me, Zach, what was the final score? Uh, the, it, Tampa in three, four to one. <laughs> that game, once again, the team did not play bad. The score does not reflect the way the team played. If you just look at the score sheet, you're going to think that those were two complete ass whoopings handed out. And they weren't. But, once again, you give up one goal four minutes into the game. And then everybody settles down. And then we come back and we get our goal about the same three minutes into the second period. And now you got a 1 1 ball game. And it stayed 1 1 for 40 minutes, you know, till, till the end. And then once again, you have that little three minute brain fart. And it leads to a Braden Point goal and a Braden, uh, Brandon Hagel goal. And then Hagel knocks in an empty netter to make it 4-1. And it's just there's a pattern of 60-minute games, and we're only playing 54 minutes. And the six minutes that we're not playing is just absolutely killing us.
1: Yeah, and uh, the one bright spot of this entire game was we got to witness one of the best saves of the year. Yes, Uh, we did. Off the first Tampa power play, uh, one-timer goes over to Kucherov in the right
0: circle. Tarasov's yeah, you were completely... you were already counting the fantasy points.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, because I somehow robbed Kucherov from Tyler. But, uh, yeah, Kucherov standing in that right circle, lines up a one-timer, Tarasov's on the other side of the net, dives sideways, gloves it, and then tucks it back
0: in front of him to keep it in front of the line. Absolutely nasty save. Yeah, and, you know, and if you look at the end results of the game, once again, 25 to 29 shots. So, you know, we're keeping them under 30. The You know, the D's playing a little better. The offense is playing a little better defense. The, the goaltending's a little better. I mean, everything everything's a little better, but it's still just – it isn't good enough. And it's because they have that mental lapse for three to four minutes per game. And I don't know how you get 25 – grown ass men you know to to get their minds right i mean obviously you got to point the leadership group and the coaching but it's a four to five six minute section of every game that's costing us game after game after game and somebody's got to do something i mean i know we got a buttload of injuries but other teams got injuries too and you know the guys were calling up, they're professionals as well. I mean, they're getting an opportunity. They need to take advantage of it. But it's literally, it just seems to be a series of brain farts for five minutes every game that costs us a game.
1: I mean, currently we're holding an AHL goaltending roster. It We've got yeah, Tarasovs I mean, and Jack
0: Greaves. Yeah, because we're, we're actively watching the Blue Jackets and Philly play while we record this one tonight. And you got Tarasov in net and Greaves backing up because now Elvis is out with illness. So, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, once again, you know, we, we win the hit battle. You know, we were, we were 0 for 1 on the power play, but they were 0 for 3. Like, the, the PK the is doing well. Um, block shots were 18 to 17. You know, giveaways were down to 8 this game. You know, but the problem was we had, you know, they had 19 takeaways But it just – I don't know, it gets out of hand fast. And when it gets out of hand, it just goes downhill so freaking quick, which a game going downhill quick, we might as well move on to the Boston game because, I mean, these are some of the most forgettable games we've played. You just just want them to be done and over with. Let's get to the next one because there's really nothing to celebrate.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we get into the Boston game, somewhat showing signs of improvement because what was the score the last time we played Boston?
0: Oh, it was 4-0, wasn't it? Yeah, 4-0. 4-0, yeah. 4 yeah. Nothing. Yep. Uh,
1: and came out 4-2 this time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we took the trip uh, from the Panthers to the Lightning, and then we came on up the East Coast to uh, play the Boston Bruins at 1 p.m. And uh, that game was supposed to be on NHL Network. But uh, when I turned it on, because I wanted to listen to the NHL Network guys instead of Rimmer or call people by the wrong names, uh, it wasn't on. The Detroit game was on. So I had to go to Bally Sports and watch it on Bally
1: uh, Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. These national broadcast games have seemed like they've kind of been all over the place, and we've gotten shit on in every single one we've played. Yeah.
0: But that game starts out, you know – Seven minutes into the first, David Posternak gets his 20th of the season, and that's the only scoring, and they get it on the power play because that's what good teams do. They score on the power play. So as I say that, you go to the second period, and 14 minutes in, Boone Jenner gets one on the power play. So it's nice to see we actually got a power play goal this week. Then David Krejci, about three minutes later, three and a half minutes later, gives them a 2-1 lead once again on the power play. And then going into the third, this is where we had a 19-second debacle. In 19 seconds, Taylor Hall scores, and then Nosek scores, making the score four to one. And then to end the game at the 14:29 mark, Patrick Line a gets a power play goal. So final score of four to two, and we go two for five on the power play. But they went two for three.
1: But two of our four goals on the week came off the PP. This is true. Half. Half our goals were
0: on the power play. It's a good stat if you don't look at the numbers. It's true, but, I mean, two for 11 ain't good. Oh. Or what was it that would have been two for five, eight, two for nine. Two for nine still ain't great, although that's probably higher than what our league percentage is. It's it's been ridiculous. But that game, I mean, a lot more offense than we've been seeing out of the last two games there. Uh, At the end of the game, you end with shots on goals, 33 for the Jackets and 39 for the Bruins. They were just peppering at will.
1: Yeah, it, it was not a fun game to watch. It's one of those where you kind of turn it on in the background and sob into a pillow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, and a lot. I know a lot of people, a lot of people bitching about time on ice that game. Why did this guy only have that much time on ice? Why did this guy only have that much time on ice? Why did this guy have that much time on ice? Well, there were 20 penalty minutes in that game. A third of the game was not five on five. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you can't, you can't. You can't go with four lines if you're constantly on the PK or the power play. I mean, give me five power plays, You know that's great. We got two of them in the back of the net. That's awesome. But when you look at the final and you're at 20 minutes of penalty time, a third of the game is not five on five. So the time on ice numbers are going to be skewed like you wouldn't believe.
1: Yeah, and we I mean we somewhat stepped it up defensively in this game, even though the score was four two. I mean, we still playing that aggressive brand of hockey, twenty-six hits compared to their nineteen, but we had twenty-two block shots.
0: Yeah, that's the impressive number from that game is twenty-two block shots, and they still had thirty-nine shots on goal. So, you know, if those get through. We're talking sixty plus shots on goal.
1: We're talking Detroit game numbers. Or, sorry, fucking New Jersey game numbers.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that game, I mean, once again, that was a Saturday 1 o'clock game. And 4-2 doesn't show how that game was played. There was a 19-second lapse in the third period that kept that game from being 2-2.
1: Yeah, it it was hard fought, and then it just kind of fell apart at that point. And, yeah, and
0: you're talking, we're going, we're going to Boston. We're playing the best team in the league with the best home record in the league. And we went toe to toe with them except for 19 goddamn seconds. They've lost one home game this year. One in regulation, right? Yeah. One in regulation. Yeah. But that one, that's one that, you know, you sit back at the end of the week and, you know, as, as a professional athlete, and you got to look yourself in the mirror. I mean, that's the one that you got to be going. That one got away from us. That's one we should have had. That one got away from us.
1: If we're talking about one that got away from us, it's got to be this next one. Yep. Uh, you want
0: to lead us into that one?
1: Yeah. So, as some of you, some of you may remember, I may have called a goalie battle for the uh, Kings game and I was dead <laughs> wrong. But uh, we finally actually got one in this Dallas game between Jake Ottinger and Daniil Tarasov. Uh, Dallas was actually the team that Daniil Tarasov started his career against when he made his emergency call-up from Cleveland
0: last season. Had to hop on a plane and fly in last second to get there and get dressed and go out on the ice.
1: But, I mean, uh, going into this game, the first period was kind of uneventful. Uh, Slow start. And then we get into the second period. And uh, Johnson goes ahead and scores for Dallas 1 0 with 55 or 55 into the second. Or sorry, 55 seconds left in the second. And that was about all there was in the second. Really uneventful game until we got into the third period.
0: Yeah, he, No, he scored 55 seconds in to the period. Oh,
1: 55 seconds in? Okay.
0: Yeah, my bad. In, in typical Blue Jacket fashion, we either have to give up a goal in the first minute or the last minute of the second period. That's just how we roll.
1: So, uh, as we go into the third, that was the only goal scored. Until we're almost through the third, we pull the goalie and Jason Robertson scores on an empty netter. Boomer was counting the fantasy points, loving
0: it. Damn straight because, you know, he got to 23 and then he stopped scoring.
1: And then well, we're down 2-0, one on Tarasov, one on an empty netter, and we still pull the goalie again, take the man advantage, and Kent Johnson scores his seventh goal of the season.
0: Nice little nasty backhander. You know what's funny is when that uh, – there, there was people in the arena, dude, about the 348 mark is like when there was a stoppage in play. Everybody like half – half the damn place started leaving. And I was sitting there with my wife and my stepson and, and Mike Neff. And Neff's like, well, where's everybody fucking going? Why are they leaving? You know, this is a, this is a good game. Where's everybody going? And then Robertson, you know, Robertson slides one in on the empty netter. And then like, everybody's just starts heading for the doors. And Neff's losing his mind. He can't believe everybody's just taking off. You know, he's like, why? The game is almost over. You're not going to beat traffic because all the people left at 348 are going to be in your way. And then when Johnson slid that in with 14.3 seconds left, everybody stops, turns around, and just stands in the aisleway. And, and I run out in the aisle and I just start yelling at him. I'm like, no, fucking leave. Go home. Go home. Nobody wants you here. Fucking leave. <laughs> It, it was like watching airbud
1: it yeah. we don't want you anymore
0: mhm that's exactly but, what i told I mean, him like go go home go get in your car you know get the hell out of here nobody wants you
1: oh cool. it it really tells you something about a game when the first two stars are both goalies
0: yeah i mean that game was i mean just crazy I mean, each goalie gave up one goal because, you know, the empty netter don't go against a goalie. So we're talking a 60-minute battle. They each gave up one goal on, you know, Ottinger faced 34 shots and Tarasov faced 28 shots. So Other way around there, bud. Yeah, that's what I said. Tarasov faced 34 shots and Ottinger faced 28 shots. I'm sorry. It's the first home game this week. Everything's backwards on the page. But, you know, we're talking, what, 58, 62 shots on goal and only two got in. They blocked 60 of 62 shots between the two of them.
1: And this is a game that we go into. It's Tarasov's, what, second consecutive start or third?
0: Second. He's making his consecutive tonight due to Elvis being out with illness.
1: Yep, and that raises the question, like, before this with Tarasov getting two in a row, is it an Elvis – hidden injury did he have an illness earlier in the week or is he starting to show that he cannot fill that role
0: or is he in brad larson's doghouse
1: uh, yeah i mean Could he's had had some post inter-
0: yeah he's had some post-game interviews that were questionable at best
1: yeah um and then uh also coming from this game this is the first one that we played without boone jenner and cole Sillinger. uh Boone having to have surgery on a broken thumb, going to be out about a month. Which they um, said he played two games with the broken thumb. Taking face-offs and leading our team in face-off percentage with a broken thumb. Thumbs are important. Um, And then Cole Sillinger out for about a week, upper body. They didn't disclose it, but
0: early yeah, in this a, game. He took a hit in that Boston game and didn't return.
1: Yeah, since we uh, went ahead and tossed out two of our top six forwards before this game, we figured we'd go ahead and throw another one away at the beginning of the game, and Igor Chinnikov is yep. now out indefinitely with an ankle injury.
0: Yep, they got rolled up on. It did not look good. The replay looked worse than the live play.
1: Yeah, it, it was ugly. Um, but we got an opportunity to see KJ uh, as our one C for that game because there really wasn't any other options.
0: There were other options, but that's the one everybody was clamoring to see. Well, not everybody. I'd say 98% of the fan base is clamoring to see.
1: Uh, I, I take it you're in that
0: 2%? I'm just going to say this. For all those people who keep saying, put him at 1C between Gudro and Laine, he had a 27.3% face-off percentage. That is not good enough let alone on the first line. And I watched Jamie Ben just shove him off puck after puck after puck. The kid has all the skill in the world. He has eyes in the back of his head. But until he puts some weight on and balks up, he's not a center. And I don't care what the people say. He's not a center until he gets bigger. Because I know he's young. I know he's young. Put the boy in the fucking weight room. Put some muscle on him. I mean, Jamie Ben was shoving him off pucks with one hand. Not even trying. Jamie Ben's a big boy. I get it. But it looked like it looked like a Thanksgiving football game where the the, the drunk uncle's reliving his high school days and just destroys the seven and eight-year-olds. That's what it looked like when he would bring the puck down the middle. So you know, there's a reason he what didn't play very much center at Michigan if any the last couple of years he was there. When he went for Team Canada, he wasn't playing center. He doesn't have the size to be a center. And if you're going if you're going to win faceoff percentages 6% less than Josh Dunn, you have no business being on the first line.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just going to toss this out there. If you uh, watch any of Anaheim last year, they had Trevor Zegers playing center. Uh, very similar build to Kent Johnson as far as height and weight goes. They're both. You know what else Tyler they did with Tyler Zegras
0: last year? Trevor Zegras. Or Trevor Zegras, you know what else they did with Zegras? What's They that? had him playing wing, and they sent him down to the AHL to play center, and then brought him back to be a center. Yeah, I,
1: I, I mean, we have both agreed Kent Johnson would get broken in Cleveland. Right,
0: he'll die in Cleveland. That Laval team that we watched play Sunday. They would have not. I mean, that the dude that scored the one goal or the two goals for Laval was older than me. He had to have been.
1: Yeah, that dude, they that, were.
0: That dude was born with a beard. That was one of the most physical games I've ever watched. Well, Philly just scored 6-12 left in the first, so we're down one nothing. Woohoo! Sorry, quick update.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've already tweeted it out. I'm cheering for every other team that we play this year because I'm hoping we lose out for the draft lottery.
0: I just I don't I I'm not I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist I really don't but dude the NHL lottery and the NBA lottery there's a lot of fishy shit going on there
1: yeah but I mean if we finish the season at
0: 22 points which is possible yeah
1: said if we lose out
0: but I just I don't know I mean the whole the whole Kent Johnson thing. I mean, it is what it is. Um, the, the, I mean, he's a young kid. You know, he's... he's He ain't even old enough to drink yet. And he's already in the NHL. But at 165 pounds, you're not going to play center. And you're definitely not going to play first-line center. And yeah. I don't know if they need to send him to visit Brandon Dubinsky for some face-off lessons or... If Sean Crowley needs to just take him off to the side an hour after practice, but you got to get better in the circle. I mean, overall as a team, it wasn't great. Kent Johnson was 27.3. Josh Dunn was 33%. Jack Rosalbick was 33%. And Sean Crowley was at 62.5, which was a lot of people were questioning why he was taking the final face off, you know, at the end of the game when we're trying to tie it up. I mean, you look at the numbers alone, that's why that yeah, that was the right call. It, it was at that point in time, um, but well, weight room, it, man, weight room and protein shakes.
1: Yeah. It's been an extremely depressing week of hockey, but I mean, at least we did do something fun this weekend.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool when you saw it come out online. Oh crap. They're finally going to put that line together from training camp, you know, and the good thing is, is, you know, now we've all seen it. And when he's not getting shoved off the puck, he had a spinorama pass to Gaudreau that was just fucking phenomenal. But the the thing I noticed, I watched him a lot at the game because, you know, I knew we were going to be podding tonight. So I wanted to see it with my own eyes and, you know, make my own decisions. I mean, I don't get me wrong. We all know I haven't been on the Kent Johnson bandwagon from the get-go. I think the kid's are great kid i think he's a really good hockey player um, i think people's expectations are way too fucking high for this kid and that's just part of this fan base is the expectations are unrealistic including the guy who picked him to finish third this year because i'm a fucking idiot but the expectations we have put on him and then they're just you know the fan base wants him to force feed it i love the fact that brad larson didn't do exactly what the fan base wanted him to do from the get-go Because that would have been the easy way out is just throw his ass up there and let it happen. And if it didn't work, he just blames everything on Ken Johnson. But no, he tried to do it the right way. And then we got to a point this week that we really didn't have another choice. So fuck it. Let's try it. But I think the other biggest problem with that whole deal is, I mean, we've seen the last couple of weeks is Patrick Laine and Johnny Gaudreau, they're both left-wingers, and neither one of them is adapting to that right side. Because even when Johnny's playing right wing and he was doing all of his scoring, he's still coming down the left side on a breakaway when he does it.
1: Yeah, it, it just didn't mesh well. Um, now, I, when, I'm
0: When you've I, lost they, as many bodies as we can, I mean, we're basically a fucking mash unit at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I One thing I wish we would have seen was toss-back that – Uh, I wish we'd have had that Gaudreau, Boone, Nyquist line and then toss together uh, line A, Roslevic, and then Johnson on that right side kind of playing that Voracek role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only problem with that is you do that as a second line, that's a very, very finesse line. They're, you know, not one, you know, Nyquist is not known for being a, A hitter or, you know, a defensive force. I mean, he's smart with a stick, but, you you know, you put Nyquist out there with Roslick and Johnson, there's, you know, that's not the most physical second line in the league. Probably not even in the top 32.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, when I was talking about something fun, yeah, seeing Ken Johnson play once he was, but uh, I was talking more about what we did as a bucket and boomer group. Well, what did
0: we do as a Bucket and Boomer group?
1: Uh, well, we got up, uh, met at Kyle's house around 9 a.m.
0: Would have been waited, a little earlier, but I passed the fucking road.
1: Waited 20 minutes for Kyle and uh, took a trip up to Cleveland. What did we do up
0: there? Well, we went to the Cleveland Monsters game against the LaBelle Rockets for the Teddy Bear Toss. For those of you that are not aware, a teddy bear toss game is uh, when the home team scores their first goal of the game, everybody brings teddy bears and we just chuck them on the ice. All teddy bears are then round up and given to local charities so for, you know, kids that need Christmas presents. They, they help out the city of Cleveland with that. And uh, luckily enough, we go up there and it's a 4-1 game, bad guys. And they score with, what, 216 left in the first period? Yeah. And then the teddy bear, they just start raining down from everywhere. It was an eruption.
1: Um, I think the total number was 12,476.
0: A new Cleveland Monsters record, 12,476 teddy bears. Which how I mean, we we bought a hundred and twenty dollars worth on the way. I don't even know how many we had. We,
1: we probably had somewhere between twenty five and thirty with our four-man group.
0: Yeah, we uh, probably we probably threw somewhere between six and eight a piece out there.
1: Yeah, we uh we got to watch our buddy Joe uh, or Sir Yacht skate around the ice dressed up as a giant target and get pelted with teddy
0: bears for a good cause. It was a great time. Oh, the best part of that was uh. Solly the mascot up there he's a eagle his name is Solly goal so it's Sol e goal but Solly had a uh, one of the like air cannon hand handheld air cannon guns that you would shoot t-shirts out with well he had these stuffed Solly dolls and he was shooting them at Sir yacht and he actually cracked the bull'seye
1: yeah squared down the middle he uh that or. The guy that had the giant squishmallow in one hand and his child in the other and almost swapped um, him. Yes,
0: yeah, so we were hoping he would throw the child instead of the squishmallow. That'd have been funny. But how many times did you actually hit Sir Yacht? Because every time you hit Sir Yacht's bullseye, they added extra money to the Cleveland Food Bank.
1: Uh I know I caught him once. I think you got him twice. I did crack a linesman him. in the head.
0: Yeah, I got him twice and then uh Billy Sweezy was standing there by the bench and just flipping teddy bears with his stick and somebody hit me with one from above. So I picked it up and then I totally just drilled Billy Sweezy with a teddy bear.
1: He, he was having so much fun and something we learned from Elaine Shercliffe while we were up there uh, last year, when they did the teddy bear toss, the person having the most fun in the arena with that teddy bear toss was Billy Sweezy. While everybody was trying to help pick him up, he was playing like a little kid, just tossing teddy bears in the air.
0: Right, and you know the funny thing about Billy Sweezy being the big kid playing with the teddy bears? He's the enforcer. He's their goon. He, Billy Sweezy will fuck you up. Yeah, he leads the team in fighting majors and penalty minutes, and he's the one out there playing with the teddy bears like a big old kid. So, but all in all, dude, that was such a fun trip. I mean, me, you, and Kyle headed up there, and we met up with Michael Neff who had spent the night after the – Browns-Ravens game, did a little pregame over at his hotel, went to the game, tossed our teddy bears. We ran into Sir Yacht. We hung out with Elaine Shercliffe and her mom, Kelly. Um, William showed up at the game. And just for a 4-1 game, you know, a lot of the Cleveland fans were disappointed. You know, they lost 4-1. And, you know, those of us that are Columbus Blue Jackets fans, we walked out there going, this is normal. (laughs) This, This is what we do this week. So, But then the road trip back with a little stop at Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, all in all, a great, great boys' day trip. It, oh, it, was, it, it was fun.
1: The people that we got to talk to up there between Sir Yai, Elaine Shercliffe, uh, oh, Dina and Oh, don't forget
0: uh, Dina and Gary Whitmire were up there. She yep. writes full press hockey, which me and Kyle hung out with them in uh, Traverse City while she was in the media pit with, Kyle and Danny and Tyler, me and Gary formed our own little friend group with Julie from Finland, and just – we were the life of the party at Terrace at uh, Traverse City.
1: Yeah, they were sitting the row directly in front of us, and then the row in front of them, J.C. and her dad were up there.
0: Yep, so, the Snyders were up there. They had the whole family, all four of them.
1: Uh, good representation from Blue Jackets fans as a whole showing up for the
0: teddy bear toss. Yeah, uh, it was – I mean – they, they had twelve to 13,000 at this game, so everybody it equaled out to everybody bringing at least one teddy bear.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, it was great. It's for a great cause, and we had an awesome time taking that trip up there. Yeah,
0: and I tell you, I mean, if you've never been to a teddy bear toss game, put it on your bucket list. Everybody <laughs> should attend one in their life. It was an absolute blast. It was so much fun that I didn't care about the final score at the end.
1: You've never had a smile on your face until you hit a linesman in the side of the ear
0: with a teddy bear. Or Billy Sweezy right in the A. He's an assistant uh, captain. I drilled him right in the A.
1: The biggest that disappointment. He felt so
0: bad. You <laughs> drilled
1: him right in the A. Uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't even realize it until I said it out loud. I'm like, oh, Boomer, you're but, an idiot.
1: The one sad part about this trip is uh, our Walmart run beforehand to go pick up teddy bears. And you and Kyle would not let me buy one with a battery pack in the bottom.
0: Well, not only that, what would the woman say to us when we were walking around? You know, we've all got two arms full of teddy bears. And she's like, oh, somebody's got a bunch of teddy bears. Zach looks her dead in her eye and says, our wives are really upset with us.
1: That or, uh you saying people thought we had a uh, candy van going around town.
0: Yeah, we get in line to pay for them. Luckily, the woman in front of us knew what was going on. She's like, oh, you guys going to the hockey game? We're like, yeah, we're going to Cleveland for the hockey game. And then it hit. I'm like, I'm glad she asked that in front of people because these people probably thought we had a white van that said free candy out on the back of it.
1: As he's saying this in public to a stranger.
0: Right. <laughs> nah, it was just a great trip. I mean. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I recommend everybody do it. Everybody do it at least once. Hit you a teddy bear toss game. It was an absolute blast.
1: And if you're ever in the truck with Boomer and Kyle, fart
0: in the back seat and then don't tell anybody. Oh, that was. Oh, that was. Dude, I, I, I could taste that. I tasted it. It was. It okay. was. Ugh. Oh, I, I could have killed you, dude. I'm glad we're connected now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But getting off the teddy bear toss game, let's, uh, let's go into a little bit of stuff that happened this week. Uh, let's talk about our, our newest newest injuries. Good God, does it ever stop? No. no. So this week in the Boston game, Cole Sillinger takes a hit. He's out for a week to two weeks upper body injury. So that had us bringing up Josh Dunn from Cleveland. Then we find out that Boone Jenner broke his thumb, played two games with a broken thumb before finally being told, you got to have surgery, bud. You you, you know, I just, I I can't imagine. I've broke my thumb. I can't imagine playing two full hockey games with a broken thumb. That's just,
1: that's a man. As,
0: as, As, you know, Dennis Kelly, he'll enjoy this one. That's a man. Boone Jenner, he's a man. But then the the injury to Chinnikov last night, I don't know if it's ankle or knee. Um, ankle.
1: It came out earlier. It's ankle. Did it come out
0: ankle? Just a weird hit, fall, got rolled up on. Um, just couldn't really put any pressure on it when he was trying to skate off the ice. I mean, out indefinitely. That's the word that we just keep hearing this year, indefinitely.
1: We've heard we're it, what, in, four times now? Uh,
0: at least. I mean.
1: Wierenski, Danforth, Borchek, uh, and
0: now Chenikov Bean. And, all and Bean, five. Yeah. I forgot he existed. Yep, so we're up to five indefinite injuries. I mean, that's just. When you can't even put a number on it, that's crazy. Finally, you know, Danforth, Bean, and Wierenski, they've just set out for the season. Borchek um, still listed as indefinitely because they don't know what his status is or when his status will be determined. I mean, we can assume it won't be this year. But, yeah, the the three guys with Labrams indefinitely. Borchek, indefinitely. And now we add Chinnikoff to that list, which I'm assuming, if he didn't have it today, you know, it's coming up shortly. You're probably looking at an MRI to find out how bad it is or hopefully how bad it ain't. But all in all, just not good. Not good.
1: if you watch it back and you watch the way it rolled, I at first I thought it was an ACL tear because his knee went sideways.
0: Well, that and when he tried to push off to get back across the ice, like it wasn't he happening, gave, he gave it one push and was like, Oh, and then he tried a second and he's like, Nope. And then they like had to drag him across the ice the rest of the way.
1: Does this mean Russians can't do it? Because I mean, Blakenberg went out and still scored no. on a uh, broken ankle.
0: I don't know, Vorchek uh, – or not Vorchek, uh, Gabrikov got blasted in the face. Looks like he has vampire teeth now, and they said he had like 30 stitches in his mouth. He came back and finished the game. So that That's because he's trying to fetch a contract from a new team. Oh, man. Speaking of let's, – let's just go right there. Let's go into Gabrikov. What – what is it going to take to keep Vladislav Gabrikov? I mean, it's so hush-hush, they're not even having negotiations. Is it the dollars? Is it the term? Is it both? Does he just not want to be here like the rest of the Russians that were here before? What What would you give Gabrikov to keep him here at this point?
1: So I, I don't know what we could offer him to make it happen because, I mean, he's a guy that's going to go out and fetch six, six and a half easy on the open market, maybe right, seven great. if the team's willing to overpay. Hush. And uh, I think he's kind of looking at that number and trying to gamble on himself here. Um, I mean, realistically, I think he gets moved at the deadline. We should get a first out of him easy.
0: Dude, we got if a first we, out of Savard. There's no way we don't get a first out of Gabrikov. Yeah,
1: but we've never seen Gabrikov block a shot
0: with his asshole. No, but he just blocked one with his face. Yeah, and then, um, and then he wears a full shield for two games, takes it off, gets hit in the face again.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, I I don't think there's any way we keep Vladislav Gavrikov on this
0: roster, which is sad. It is that's that's a guy we need. I mean, this team is loaded with offensive defensemen. I mean, outside of Gavrikov and Good Branson, Peak maybe, but Peak's so up and down, like Peak plays really good with Worensky, but he just cannot find a partner with Wierenski out. I mean, Tim
1: Bernie looks like Gabrikov in his rookie year.
0: It, he's starting to. I mean, it's he, really he's the one that's grown on me. Well, speaking of these these Cleveland monsters that are playing for us now, I mean, Marcus Bjork, uh, Tim Bernie, and Jake Christensen. I mean, how solid have they been? I mean, Marcus Bjork's leading – you know, he's quarterback in both power plays. Um, touched the score sheet twice with goals, got a couple assists. Uh, Jake Christensen, you know, was a little rough when he first came up here, but now he's just steady Eddie. And I mean, he was a pest in that Boston game. Uh, Brad Marchand, to find yeah, Brad Marchant went after him in that Boston game, and he spent the rest of the game just fucking hitting Marchand every time he came near him to the point he was actually frustrating Marshawn. And, and then it got to the point, you know, that Christensen had him so shook that he went after Gaudreau, which led to everybody and their brother going after Marchant the rest of the game, which is kind of why we had a 19-second lapse because everybody's worried about hitting the little rat.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, even talking about defenseman depth, when we were up at that Cleveland game, the one player in general on that team that stood out to me the most
0: Ole, was – York uh, bjork home. Absolutely. He is such a smooth skater. He's huge. He was everywhere. And he has great I'm, flow. Amazing flow. The dude's an Adonis.
1: Yeah, right, yeah, calm he down, is, Boomer.
0: Calm down, Boomer.
1: He, are you talking about, like, Lil, Lil Boomer?
0: Uh, <laughs> um, Neither can confirm nor deny.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, he is by far the most noticeable player on the ice that entire
0: game. Yeah. and He's always I, in a way. He's got a great reach with that stick. I'm actually surprised that he wasn't one of them that got called up this year. But the guys that they did call up, I mean, going into this year, you probably assumed, you know, Jake Christensen and Gavin Bayruther would be the first two to come up just because Gavin Bayreuther is what he is. A he's beer the, league player? He's, he's the new Scott Harrington. And uh, Jake Christensen showed flashes last year which he took a little bit longer to get into his groove this year, but he's finally found a role. And same with Tim Bernie. Tim Bernie's actually changed because Tim Burney was an offensive producing defenseman in Cleveland the last two years. And he's really reformed his game while he was up here. Like you said, he's like a, a younger, smaller Gavrikov. And uh, the three of them have just totally impressed me this year, the, the advances that they've made in such a short time. And these are the kind of the advances we were looking for the Jake Beans and the Adam Boquist to make. I mean, they're both still one-dimensional. I don't
1: think Jake Bean has a spot on this roster when he comes back.
0: I don't know, because when everybody else got hurt and he got to play a bigger role, he looked better. And then two games later, he went out. So the sample size is small. I can tell you this much, when Brad Larson's contract's up next year, the new coach is going to have some decisions to make.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, so his spot got filled by Bernie on that left side, but we also have Matej coming up. But yeah, uh, I,
0: Chuck still a few years away. Yeah.
1: I did just want to point out on our way back from Cleveland, uh, going down I-71, we did see Scott Harrington outside of a parked car holding a <laughs> need cash for gas sign.
0: <laughs> oh, if you know, you know, that is such a great story. Such a great story. Oh, uh, Share that story. Tell tell everybody what that, is, that story is, because there's people right now uh, going, what the fuck is he talking about?
1: So we're, we're sitting here on the way back from Cleveland just kind of bullshitting, and I just kind of interject out of nowhere, and I go, legend has it when you hear a scream in the middle of the night on I-71, you'll see a car with hazards on, and it's going to be Scott Harrington on the side of the road.
0: And that story comes from? Do you remember where it comes from? I I do not. He got called back to Columbus from Cleveland and ran the fuck out of gas on I-71. And was trying trying to get a ride or gas so he could get down here because he was supposed to play that night.
1: That was just me talking my normal shit. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he actually got recalled. I can't remember what year, but, yeah, he, he ran out of gas just outside of Cleveland and was, like, supposed to play that night. He ended up getting here. But, yeah, that's just funny that, man, just out of nowhere you brought that one up. Oh, it was, it was good. All right, well, let's uh, look ahead real quick this week. Tonight we're playing Philly. We're currently down one nothing. first intermission.
1: Short-handed goal.
0: Yeah, I've been watching the game while we're doing this. We don't look great. We don't look horrible, but we don't look great. I mean, it's Philly. We should look a lot better.
1: Um, Like I said, I'm cheering for Philly tonight.
0: And oh, then, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I'll be cheering for Chicago on Friday.
0: But, yeah, this game, I mean – Going back to visit our old buddy Torts in his place after we've already beat him twice this year. You got all the Kevin Hayes drama from over the weekend where Tortorella decided to scratch the leading scorer on the team just to prove a point because, you know, Tortorella's going to do Tortorella shit. And then Keith Yandel comes out and wants to know what it would take to healthy scratch a coach.
1: <laughs> um, And while we're on the topic of old friends from Philly, how even – can this Cam Atkinson Jake Voracek trade be?
0: Yeah, they put up they, similar
1: numbers last year. They're both now out indefinitely.
0: Well, uh, they, they just announced that yeah, Cam Atkinson is on IR and is out for the season. He's going to have neck surgery, and the word, the words, possible career-ending neck surgery. So. Yeah, that was a one for one swap, and both guys are out indefinitely with possible career ending injuries. I mean, and they I were think, what within four points of each other last year. I mean, uh, it was I probably
1: Jake Vorchek put up 62, yeah, and then Cam had 57.
0: So, so they, yeah, so they were within five, yeah. So, quite possibly the most even trade in NHL history outside of it. Well, we got a bigger contract, but they got a longer contract, so yeah, it's very, very even.
1: And we cleared up a whole lot of cap space for this offseason.
0: Yeah, not on purpose, but due to LTIR, there's another 8.25 we can play with.
1: Manifesting Dylan Larkin.
0: <laughs> so we got Philly tonight. I mean, it's going about the way the last four games have gone. I mean, we're on a whopping four game losing streak, and I don't see anything that makes me want to change my mind tonight. I mean, maybe they'll surprise me, but. I just don't see this one ending in our favor i really don't but that leads us into friday and we go to the united center and play our old buddy seth jones and our formal former pal max Domi friday so a team that's worse than us statistically what do you think happens in chicago
1: Oh fuck. I don't Max Domi is their leading goal scorer right now with
0: 10. Max Domi's having a hell of a year.
1: Uh maybe that's because he's playing beside Patrick Kane.
0: Yeah, because Kaners only got what four four goals, but like 30 assists.
1: Four goals, 18 assists for 22 points. That is their leading goal. Oh no, he's played scorer. 30
0: games. That's what it was. he's played 30 games. I was oh, yeah. looking at his stats tonight. I dropped him in fantasy.
1: <laughs> um so like I said, genuinely. I, I've given up on the season. I've pulled the plug. Um, You're using the
0: Jordan term. You pulling the plug?
1: I'm pulling the plug. So for Philly, I'm gonna guess we're gonna lose this game 3-1. That sounds uh, about right. I think for Chicago, we're gonna either see Jet Greaves
0: or Elvis. Well, we got a two day uh, break before we go, so you know we're we're seventy two hours away from the Chicago game. So, we could Elvis see healthy, in
1: a row, but
0: yeah, if Elvis is healthy, they got to put him back out there. I mean, he's yeah. got to have some reps, even if even if this means Tarasov's the one and he's the two. You know, he hasn't played since what Florida? Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, he hasn't
0: played. It's been a week. Since played It's been a week since he played.
1: So, I, if we have Jed Greaves in, I'm going to guess 4 2 Chicago. If Elvis is in, I'm guessing 6 2 Chicago. <laughs> that guy couldn't
0: stop a fucking beach ball. We can't lose half a dozen in a row. We have to beat Chicago, dude. We have I, to. We, we have Just to, on to, but principle.
1: I, we're guaranteed Bedard if we are. We yeah, we, there is no way.
0: Nothing guarantees us Bedard. We can finish dead last. We're not guaranteed Bedard. It's not how shit works in Columbus.
1: Dead last with 22 points. That's like an 82% chance we end up with Connor Bedard. If not, Adam Fantilli is a great second-place prize.
0: I don't know. I think we go into Chicago. Actually, I think we lose this one tonight. I think they get tomorrow off. They regroup Thursday. They head to Chicago, and I think they find a way to beat Chicago. And the the scoring wakes back up. I think, I think we went 4-1, 4-2-ish, you know. And one of those games where at the end of the game you're like, see, this team is fucking good. And then, you know, they'll go into next week where they play Buffalo and the Islanders, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I think they'll find a way to win in Chicago. I just think Chicago's bad. I think they're bad. And, and but I do God. think Olivier and Domi fight. Domi will fight. That'll be I awesome. really hope so. Or, hey, hey, hey,
1: do you remember who Domi took under his wing last season?
0: No. Carson Meyer? No, no, no. Cole no. Sellinger. That's right. He took Cole.
1: Uh, I, I, would Cole love, back. I would love to see a Cole Selinger, max Domi fight.
0: Yeah, Cole won't be back. Uh, week week yeah. minimum.
1: So, I mean, looking at the next week, I pray to God for my fantasy team that Rasmus Dalin scores a – uh, Joe Thornton hat trick on us,
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah. next week we'll talk about next week, next week. We just got to get through this week. Let's get through this week, celebrate the holidays, and then we'll get back into hockey life sucks mode. So we got Philly tonight. We got Chicago Friday and then, uh, Everybody have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you do. Have a happy, happy, and Merry, Merry. But going into the holidays, let's play a little game. I just thought of this. Let's play a little game. All right. Let's uh, let's pick our top five Christmas movies. We can have the same ones. Ooh. It's just two of us. We'll do our top five Christmas movies. We'll start at five and go to number one. So... There's a bunch of them out there. You know, you know, you got three three or four favorite ones right off the top of your head. So I'll give you a, give you a quick moment to think about what your four and five are going to be as the Blue Jackets skate back out on the ice. They get ready to drop the puck for the second period. What is your number five Christmas movie?
1: Uh, don't shoot your eye out, kid. We're going to Christmas Story.
0: Christmas Story, a classic. Absolute classic. Filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. House is still there. Currently for sale. But uh, my number five, I'm going to go with what's most people's number one. And it would be higher on my list except for my wife just. My number four and my number five. My wife just kills me with them every year. It's Christmas Vacation. I got to see it at least once, but I don't need to see it 37 times. And I just got to see it once because Cousin Eddie. <laughs> I love Cousin Eddie. So what's your number four Christmas movie? Uh, I think we're going to have to go with Home Alone. Home Alone. It's, uh, debatable. A lot of people say, is that a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie?
1: They're, they're gone on Christmas vacation. It is absolutely a Christmas movie.
0: Have you heard the theory that um, Macaulay Culkin or Kevin Macaulay Culkin's character, Kevin, grows up to be the... Uh, Be Jigsaw from Saul.
1: (laughs) They really should have cast Michael Jackson as the home invader.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's wrong. All right, my number four is your number five, and that's a Christmas story. Once again, I have to see it at least once a year, but I don't need to see it for twenty-four goddamn hours. And I just I love it because of the, the, the tongue on the pole scene and the uh, beating the crap out of the bully scene, and then he actually tries to shoot his eye out. Um, three stupid things that I probably would have done as a child. I can confirm I did stick my tongue on a flagpole after seeing that movie when I was in third grade. So, yeah. Anyway, your number three Christmas movie is...
1: I See, I've got a thing for, like, really stupid movies, so it's got to be a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. You know, I've never seen that. Oh, it's great. (laughs) It's great.
0: Neil Patrick Harris in it with him again? I think so. I can't remember. I may have to check that one out. Never seen that one. All right, my number three is Four Christmases where Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon both have split families, so they have to visit his dad's family, his mom's family, her dad's family, her mom's family. It's just a tragic Christmas tale that I live every year being part of a split family and having to go to multiple locations. Um, John Favreau plays Vince Vaughn's brother, absolutely hilarious. Robert Duvall's dad, like they're kind of the the redneck side of the family. And, you know, when they show up, like, it's WWE and sleepless T-shirts and bush lattes, and it's just hilarious.
1: Just killing uh, fucking – what game is that? Well, the, he's killing chicken wings. Oh, uh, was it uh, – Straits. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. The thing yeah. you won't let me wear to NASCAR, miniskirt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, they do like the yeah charade game, and they just destroy it. The other two have no clue what the other one's talking about. All right, so what is your number two Christmas movie?
1: Uh National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Actually, no, fuck that. We're going Jim Carrey's Grinch.
0: Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Absolutely, another classic. Another classic. I. Prefer the animated Dr. Seuss version. Really? I do. I'm older than you guys. I have a soft spot for that one. A lot older. Used to make sure as a kid, you know, when we didn't have DVRs and shit, when when the Grinch came on, I was there at 8 o'clock, that whatever night it was, and did not miss it every single year.
1: So how did they get green on the cave drawings?
0: I have no idea. No clue.
1: Figured when you and your dad were sitting there grilling up a T-Rex leg,
0: you know. Oh my god, I totally missed the joke. You're a dick. (laughs) That's Sarah. She's the one that used to ride freaking dinosaurs. All right, my number two, time to get controversial. Lethal Weapon. Ooh. Absolutely a Christmas movie. The movie starts with him chasing a bad guy through a Christmas tree lot. Uh, The girl jumps out of the building and commits suicide and kills herself to Jingle Bell Rock. When Riggs fights Jeremiah in the front yard, Christmas lights are on everybody's house. They destroy several Christmas trees. Absolutely a Christmas movie.
1: All right. I'm going to go around the same route for my number one, then. What's your number uh, one? I I know you're obviously going to go Die Hard, which is absolutely a Christmas movie. Uh, (laughs) I'm going Friday after next. Friday in with the day. crackhead Santa.
0: <laughs> Little Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis playing in the background? Absolutely. So your number one is next Friday. Well, you already gave mine away. My number one is Die Hard, and I will die on this hill. I don't care who you are. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Absolutely a Christmas movie. Happens at a Christmas party hundred percent christmas movie and me and my wife order chinese food and watch die hard every christmas eve for 15 years since we've been together we order chinese food and watch die hard on christmas eve every year i own die hard on vhs dvd and blu-ray
1: and our group absolutely harassed this girl that was walking around the Cleveland Monsters <laughs> Arena holding a sign saying Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. She turns this corner, and four people are sitting here going,
0: Fuck you. It's... She absolutely had to have lost a bet. I believe Krill Marchinko just tied the game up at once. Like uh, you said, 3 1 Philly. Maybe it's J Christian. I don't think Marchenko touched it. I think he missed it. It just bounced off the defender.
1: 3-1 Philly. Calling it.
0: Either Marchenko or Christensen got it. We'll wait and see who they announce it with, but it's 1 1 now. So that's something.
1: So uh while we're wrapping up on the Christmas movies, pun intended. <laughs> um so I mean we're we're obviously gonna take a week off for Christmas. Don't know if we'll record on Monday.
0: Right, and then we have a game on that Tuesday. So I'm going to try and do something on Monday if I can get yeah. one of the crew at least.
1: I, I got to work, so I should be good
0: after. Okay, I'm off all day Monday, so it don't matter when. But I would like to try to get something out just kind of keep those one a week coming out so there's a little little bit of a pattern there. But uh, they did officially give that goal to Krell Marchenko. They say he tipped in a... Christensen slapper from the blue line.
1: So he now has three
0: points and all three of them are goals. Let's see if that is correct. He does have three goals and he has zero assist. <laughs> what a selfish player. Yeah. Three goals in eight games. He needs another point if he wants to catch Bemstrom.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, oh, Bemstrom wow. had four or er, er, Bemstrom had four in seven games.
0: Someone just attempted a nice wraparound. Look like who was that? Liam Foodie had a beautiful wraparound attempt that Carter Hart barely got in front of. He's trying to show you why he shouldn't be cut, and we all disagree. You, you know, uh, that's one last thing we'll talk about before we get off here. Uh, I've heard a lot of that across social media and other podcasts this week. They're not using Liam Foodie. Why aren't they lo- using Liam Foodie? Oh. Why is he just sitting there? Why aren't they giving him a chance? Why are they playing other people when they call him up? I mean, have we not seen enough of Liam Foodie to just realize maybe he just don't have it?
1: He he's played what? Close you know, like five playoff games totaled, maybe 40 games. And not one I, goal I, in that
0: playoff game and has zero goals as an actual regular season game.
1: Yeah, he's I don't know. I I think we can get maybe a fourth or fifth rounder out of him because he's a previous first-round pick. People are going to be high on his potential, but I I don't think he's going to stay in this league.
0: I mean, the the kid's played a total of 42 games. He has eight assists. I mean, that's not great. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) It's not great. And you can blame it on coaching and, holy crap, we just took the lead. Oh, shit, my prediction was wrong. 3-2 uh, Philly. 3-2 Philly. Dude, the boys are buzzing now. It looks like KJ just got another one. Absolutely. KJ for have colder. Have, he must have tuned into a, the live during the intermission. I was like, fuck Lil Boomer. It's, he's still playing center in this game, right? Uh, let me see who he's out there with. To be honest with you, I'm not sure because he was on a breakaway there. Who's he out there with? Yeah, he's still between Goudreau and Line. A. He's still playing on that top line.
1: I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what, Trevor, Trevor Zegers is about the same build, produced decent as a center. I just don't think he should be our first line center right now. Um, I think you toss him on the second or third line, let him get confident not play, playing against those top lines. His faceoff percentage isn't going to be good, but let him get confident.
0: On well, that and with some faceoff work at practice with the right guys, you know, take advantage of the opportunities you get. Maybe it does get better, but I mean, while I was
1: talking about Zygris, uh, during the Sandbaggers last year, they mentioned that he was betting a hundred dollars on every faceoff he took.
0: Well, right and... now he's right now he's at forty percent this game. And by the way, just a quick update: I just got a text message from Mike Neff that says, "Fuck your Kent Johnson vibes, boomer."
1: Oh, oh fuck! Fuck your Sonny Milano
0: vibes. This is Kent Johnson vibes.
1: Oh okay, okay.
0: I don't know. I still don't think he's a center. Not yet. He needs fucking twenty five pounds. And if you don't believe that, just rewatch the Dallas game and watch Jamie Benn shove him all over the place like Ray Rice's girlfriend in an elevator.
1: Um, did you uh, listen to Mailbag Monday at all this week?
0: I did. And it's funny because Liam Foodie, me and Bob McGilligan explain Liam Foodie and Emil Bimstrom exactly the same way. They're the baseball yeah. equivalent of 4A players. They're too good for Cleveland and not good enough for Columbus. And that is a dead-on description. I agree 100% with Bobby Mack. I've been saying that for two years about Bimstrom. And then, you know, I thought he was going to give us – something this year, and I do believe he's a better player this year than he was last year. He just was not and, given the right opportunities. But the Liam Foodie thing, I don't think it's not he's been given the right opportunities or used correctly. I just don't think he's the guy they thought he was.
1: Absolutely not. And Bemstrom's got the second-best flow in Cleveland.
0: And, and, and he's grown in a beautiful beard.
1: Yeah, he looks like a make-a-wish Mark
0: Wahlberg. <laughs> anyway, I think we're going to wrap this up and uh, let's get on out of here, finish watching the game and then uh, see if we can't put something together back for maybe next Monday. And because uh, the Tuesday game, it's Tuesday home or away. I don't even remember after Christmas. Yeah, it's the home game. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get something out next Monday. If not, we'll uh, get the game together Wednesday. Probably be probably be bucketless again because he'll be recording with the artillery. But uh, we'll get the other three guys in because we are officially adding Michael Neff as our fourth member of the Bucket and Boomer group.
1: Got to love it. Great guy. So
0: so we hope to have two to three of us, myself, Bucket Hat Kyle, Dante Robinson, a.k.a. Big Booner, and Michael Neff going forward into the future. But you got any final thoughts before we hop out of here, Zach? Uh, Just little boomers and little boomettes. We'll see you later. Yep. Merry Christmas, everybody! Have a happy and safe holidays. We'll hope you all come back to, listen to us next week.
1: Drink Peace, and drive safely. Hockey.
0: Peace, love, and hockey.